<laughs> Who knew where that was going? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> so to speak. Yes, indeed. Uh, indeed. Dennis, indeed. lovely yes. evening yes. to you, my friend. Yes, number 96. It's 96 a... Dead Men. Isn't that the... 96 Dead Men. 96 Dead Men. That was the old Rolling Stones album when they played it backwards. 96 Dead Men. Remember? Or was that before your time? That was not the Rolling Stones. That was... We're not talking about Revolution Number no. Nine by the Beatles. No number. This is uh, Revolution Number no. Seventeen by the Rolling Stones. Uh, it's probably before your time. Yeah, I I really started listening to the Stones when I was at Revolution sixteen or, or no Revolution yeah. nineteen or so. Yeah. Was you know, well, it's a bright sunny day. It's gone from ten degrees at night, and then it gets sunny, sunny enough that it melted all the three or four inches of snow on some people's walkways who don't shovel as I do. And it was uh, nice. I wore a, light, a lighter jacket out today and my sunglasses. A lighter jacket? So that's pleasant. A lighter jacket? A lighter jacket than my typical Sub-Zero winter jacket. So it was still freezing cold. It was 34, felt like, Ooh. in the sun, 36. So you were just out there in your birthday suit. You'd Frolic- like that. Frolicking around in the snow. Make, making snow angels. If you've ever been naked in the snow, the last thing that you'll ever do is actually frolic. That's not a. That's, that's not a thing that's that not, That doesn't come to mind. No, there's no. We're in the snow. Let's frolic. No, it's like how the fuck do I get the fuck out of the snow? How did I? Why am I here naked? Oh God! So naked snow is naked in the snow is what happens in parts of the country where I've been, where they have a a, a sauna, yes, built in their backyard out of bent pine trees, large bent with carpets and blankets and every manner of insulating material over the top of it that will get smokier than shit with a pipe right up the middle of it where you, the fire that you're cooking with in there goes straight up and you keep smoke to a minimum, but some they're so low that you've got to crawl on your hands and knees to get in them. And when you get in, there's only enough room to sit on your butt with your knees up close. And it's so hot with hot red stones. Right. But the point is that when you crawl back out, you're crawling back out into four and five foot of snow. Not surrounding your igloo-like uh, hot tent, sweat tent. Hot tent. But just outside of that, right? you've got a lot of deep snow. And the idea would be to get out there when your skin is so red hot that it will sizzle. And you jump in the snow and you sink right down. Right. right. And right, right. if it's four foot of snow, it's like, where the fuck did he go? <laughs> he was there, man. And there's nothing there but like steam. There's just a dentist-shaped uh, hole in the snow. Yes. Like a cartoon. Which could look like anyone. They look like a stick man. Well, I think like I could, Gumby. I think I could identify a dentist-shaped hole. It looked like Gumby. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. That's a thing that they do in Iceland, where they have geothermal hot baths in the snow. Yeah, in it, the, yeah, in, in, in the snow. Winter. It's called yeah. Iceland, and oh, they is that why? Yeah, oh, who knew? Man. But like there, they no one pays for heating because they have enough. First of all, they're a socialized enough nation socialist nation that they can share natural resources and not just be like every man for themselves but they have so much just underground heat which presumably means that eventually they're going to explode into the sky and it's going to be a huge volcano but well, that's cool. uh, but for now they just have this they just have this geothermal heat that can power like the whole island uh, and they have heat pumps in their basement that suck the warm air out of the the, the ground and push that hot air I don't know if it's home. it's not warm air out of the ground that I think it's more like the ground is radiators warm. I think it's more like how in New York City they you don't pay 
you don't have your own hot water heater in New York City, I don't think. I think in, in Manhattan, I think they have the underground pipes, hot water system. Hot water system. And do you I think, think the thermo is heating the hot water? Yes. Or you know this? I, I know this for a fact. I, mean, I see. There are many weird things about Iceland, and that is one of them that I know. Do they dance as much as the people from Greenland, or is it completely different in that front? The irony is the names, that Greenland is mostly ice, and Iceland is mostly green. And that's why it's odd that they call us the United States. Because so we're not. Dis- disunited, dis- disnited, un- unnited. Ignited. Ignited. Yeah, there we are. We are the United Ignited States. Ignited by, hey, hey, I got a big kick out of uh, Vic's rant that you sent me. <laughs> I will put this in the show notes. And the reason that I liked it is because when his voice gets to the top pitch and he's screaming and swearing about how the fuck could anybody in their godforsaken, loving, fucking Jesus Christ, holy shit life, it sounded exactly like a conversation I had with my younger brother yesterday where he was screaming pretty much that into the phone so loud that he said, I have to stop. I just have to. He was so mad about how ignorant who could believe it. It's it was perfect. But how ignorant you were or how ignorant those people are. No, the QAnons. Yeah, of course. Yes. That, that it's, Not to say he wouldn't think at some level that I've got a certain sense of ignorance about me, but my ignorance, I would say, for the most part, is relatively sweet and benign. Oh, the poor old ignorant, the poor old ignorant fool. Right. He doesn't, he never knew. He doesn't realize in this world, blah, 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 fill in the blanks. Oh. I mean, realize that George Soros is, has a, a Jew laser. That's, that's pretty well understood. Right. Well, I've always figured as much. I mean, that's how they light the menorahs, I think. But the, the, the what's interesting, and the show notes obviously were reflected, is that what he got so ticked off about was the thing that when I heard it, I almost went, huh, that's not so much weirder than anything else. Why are you getting mad about this? And it was that Joe Biden and Donald Trump actually exchanged faces. Face off, yeah. Like Nicolas Cage and uh, John Travolta. And that when Biden, Biden was being inaugurated, it was actually Trump. And that, in fact, just to show that they knew the details, if if Trump... Biden, that is Trump, spoke at the inauguration with stuttered or spoke slowly that it was because he was still trying to learn Joe Biden's speech patterns and that it was actually Biden who was going to go through the impeachment for his crimes. And that's what's happened. So I heard this (laughs) and I thought that could be pretty good for this because the right wing hooligans with their fucking weapons and whatever, the QAnoners, they will say, huh, we'll go along with Biden if he's really Trump. Right. Oh, we love him. Oh, we love him. Wink, wink. We love him. This okay. We know who he really is. I'm like, okay, all right, let's go with that. Let's you, go with that. You would think that, that Trump with Joe's face, at least during the inauguration, would have said something like, what is, do you see how, how good my wife's looking today or something? Or some, imagine, some sort of, did, did you happen. see the ass on Lady Gaga or whatever? What would happen, what would happen <laughs> if Joe Biden, you know, Trump, who's actually Joe Biden. Right, yes. The number ended up hard. saying Melania, right? And what's months goes on. It's a year he hasn't seen his wife. Yeah, they're making out with Joe with, with Trump's face, and so she doesn't know what to make of it. <laughs> she doesn't know what to make of it, and he's actually. So here's the other thing: this Biden, who's in Trump, he forgets who he is, and he runs up to the microphone. Right, like, Biden runs up to the microphone. But his big fat ass and his big fat belly are jiggling so much that he can't stop in time. Uh-huh. And he ends up plowing into the fucking podium and killing 
two or three of the reporters who were there, but who cares because they're all from the QAnon station that by then Trump right. will be running. Oh, on. With, with the Patriot Party. You've heard that. Trump's new Patriot Party? No, but I... Did I tell you? I dig it. Did I tell you? The <clears throat> Patriot Party. Yeah, that's like... In Spain, the right wingers, the, their party is called the People's Party. It's like, how can you be? How can you not be with the People's Party? It's just. What's what are their colors? Purple. In Spain, it's actually. People's party. Uh, it's the Peter's outside purple. outside of the U.S. Socialists are red, like their symbol is the rose. So the lefties are red, red communist, whatever, and the righties are blue, which is backwards from the U.S. For weird reasons just another thing that's not totally worthless yeah it's just mildly daily. interesting welcome back welcome back to almost interesting well, podcast i was gonna say i was gonna say <laughs> is almost mildly interesting almost okay short of it so not that we're keeping score or anything but wait a minute i need to make a note i wonder if i shut my phone up yes i did good job good job yeah oh so and so we got the we got the vick's rant what else did we exchange? There was some other thing you sent me. What was it? What? I sent you a a guy in Georgia that was upset. Oh, about God, it was good. The Marjorie Jew Laser lady. Sick and, sick and tired of being, just because he has an accent, to being somebody that would believe in such crazy shit. He is on fire. He it was really good. is a hout and hoot and flame a fucking pissed off. I loved it. I sent it to a bunch of people. Nice. It's so authentic. Yeah. And it's so authentic. But it's it's not so authentic. It is authentic. I don't But yeah, it's it's nice to have those stereotypes broken or I don't know. There's another there's another stand up comedian who's who goes by like the Hillbilly Liberal or something like that 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 talks in a Tennessee accent and about politics and stuff i will find the show notes i will find for the show notes that link but yeah it's and you know that there are people in those states that speak like that and are super intelligent and can see the truth and stuff but they never get the mic they never get the camera right so there's a news feed that i found fascinating it was about these two people who work in the biden white house who are absolutely painstakingly never publicized about their role, their names, their work, anything. And yet, as this report says, So do we have the, the inside scoop? The most... This is the inside scoop about these people that no one knows about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're yeah, giving yeah. me right now? Okay. Yeah. Is that, that when this guy started writing an article about him, he called. And through the White House Communications Office, the word was, we strenuously and emphatically refused to comment. Damn. And they quoted that, which was interesting because the communication office should have known that anything other than bland would make the news. <laughs> so why would they say that? If they have drew attention to it by being, you know what we call that? Too slick. Yeah. They're being too slick. Slick would have been, slick would have been no comment. Right. Period. Too slick was we emphatically. And so that becomes the story. It reminds me, I was interviewed once in a, Back back in the day when I worked before in, this program, in, oh yes, back in North Carolina in a newspaper called I worked in the criminal justice system. I was up in state government, I'm in a two three low below the head of the department, and in a decision making 
roll and they called me up and they said, blah, 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 blah. And I said, no comment. They said, blah, 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 blah. I said, no comment. They said, blah, blah, blah. They said, listen, if we don't have at least some kind of comment from you, we really can't tell a story. We're going to boom, 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 boom. And it's just a yes or no answer. And I said, And you said, fuck no. you. I said, no. I said, no. And the headline was, head of blah, 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 denies, blah, 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 blah. And they built the whole story around me saying no to this one question. And it gets back to all that, that if you're, if you don't want to be interviewed, you don't say, absolutely not. In fact, you just say no comment. But these, what's fascinating more than the story, which I'm sure you're enthralled with, is that, (laughs) is the fact that they don't really want to be known. One is the head, the chief of staff of Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I can't remember exactly, but you can find it and stick it in show. But how different is that where you've got these two highly qualified people who Trump doesn't push back in the day where he would push them out there. Right. Like Burks or who's had to sit there and listen to the fucking bleach comment. These people, they don't. It's not what it's about. Right. It's about good government. They're, they're doing work. They don't have you don't have to identify you know, everything. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm bummed that we won't be together for Super Bowl season this year, my friend. Yeah, that's been uh, that hasn't been every year, but it's been many years it's that we're together. Super Bowl adjacent for sure. Yes, um, the the and the Super Bowl this year actually is pretty poignant. Pretty what? I think poignant. Poignant. Yeah, it's going to have a baby within the next nine months. <laughs> okay. Yes. Eight or nine months. Is that is that because this isn't this the first time that one of the teams is playing in their home stadium for the Super Bowl? Yes, it is the first time that, yes. And although there's every year, the home stadium team says maybe we'll be the first, and they never have been until this year. And this is the irony of it. The reason that they're there is because they hired Tom Brady, who they said would take them to the Super Bowl and be the first team that played the Super Bowl at home. That's why they hired Brady. And if they're right, Brady ends up putting on another fucking ring as opposed to the young upstart who 24 years ago was a couple of years old, where Brady was in his 20s. Right. He is going for a repeat because they won last year. Who's the young gun? And I heard a storyline that there's so many people who always hated Brady and now they're softening. No, we don't want Brady to win another fucking ring. No, we want Kansas City to pummel them. That's what we want. I saw one of these one of these videos where people go and randomly choose someone to ask a question about a question to, and the question was, "Hey, the Super Bowl is this week. Do you know who's playing in it?" And of course, they only showed the ones where people were like, "I have. Why would anyone know this? This is not meaningful." But some of the people said, "Tom Brady." Like the only thing that they could possibly name about any of the teams was was the most famous quarterback like, yeah. of right. of this century, for sure, probably, so far. But it was interesting. And so I did a, to do some research before our call, I looked up who was playing in the Super Bowl, because why would I know? Oh, and, I'm surprised. I've been watching every game. Yeah, you, you would. But I discovered that uh, the word buccaneer goes... It translates back into Spanish, like it originated from Spanish of these people that were in the in the, these people that were making money pirates in the Caribbean, so to speak. And 
and I switched it over to I switched Wikipedia over to Spanish to see what the you know what that word is in Spanish, and it turns out that the word in Spanish for buccaneer is the word that in Spain is the word for Twinkie. Like the, 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 the Twinkie snack is... The dessert? Yes, dessert. I wouldn't call it a dessert after a meal, but yeah. It's, a, it? it's an unhealthy what snack. What would you call it? <laughs> the Twinkie. But, How long has it been since you've had a Twinkie? <laughs> it's been a long time, many years. And, but anyway, but the Twinkies are manufactured in Kansas City. And I was like, what? And which makes you want to, which makes you want to, what, go back there? Go have back. a Twinkie. Yeah, no, but it was interesting that the name of the Tampa Bay team when you translate it through Spanish, it comes back to Twinkie, which is made in Kansas City. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna deny this. So, they're gonna post it on the bulletin board. They're gonna put a picture of you like a fucking bullseye target, and and call you the anti-twink, anti-Twinkie, fucking devil. I that's serious shit. Which of things you're saying? Yeah. That the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Twinkies are a bunch of Twinkies, yep. and they're basically bitches to Kansas City. Let me just, I'm. A, Am I am I right? Is this what you're saying? They are because I don't want to stop. I don't want it to be ambiguous. You either. This sounds to me like what you is that what you're saying? They are cream filled snacks. Oh, and so for the Kansas City what Chiefs. you're saying is that you'd like to take one of their cream filled snacks and, and eat it raw. I don't normally don't cook my Twinkies <laughs> to each his own. That's debatable. Each to his own. Yes. No, but it, there's also the old. Uh, versus natives vibe that most Super Bowls end up having because that's the name of the teams in this, in, in American football is so many of them are named after Native American tribes. And Not anymore. They changed Washington to the Washington football team. That's the last one. Really? Yeah. And that's what they came up with. And the Chiefs? Still further north. what? The Washington football team. Yeah, and the Kansas City team is called what? Hiffy. Yeah. I don't want to keep you. You wanted an early date, so I <clears throat> rushed home for my therapy session. It's uh, interesting. How was your therapy? The therapist said to me, I don't envy you at all, your situation. And I said, <laughs> and I said, I came here and paid you to hear you say that. <laughs> so thank you. It's been worthwhile for me. <laughs> That's good. Whatever. Yeah, I, so, I, I, I know a lot of people that go to therapy and basically... Most of the people that I, I don't, know, I don't know about most, but I know many people, many Americans that, that, that do. And it seems like a good and healthy thing. It seems like a thing that everyone that can afford it should do. Uh, In my case, it's 10 bucks. Right. After well, co- well, after copay. Okay. If $10 it's, if it's, shit. If, if it's that cheap. But I pay for a six pack of beer. So just to make sure that the therapist knows that I appreciate this, I bring her a six pack of beer and. That's what I try to pair her with. So far, she hasn't no. taken it. No. So I just drink it during the session, and we're good. Yeah, that's. So, I can send you an invoice for this for this recording then, because all you do with me is talk for an hour and and drink, <laughs> complain about your problems. <laughs> oh, so God, it sounds pretty stark, man. I, <laughs> I didn't know it was quite so black and white. Jesus, there's no nuance in that description. Don't don't try to color. Don't try to colorize it. Don't try to put any. No, it is what it is. It's black and white. It's. I mean, it's just drink for an hour and talk fucking <laughs> stupidly. <laughs> That's okay. But here's the thing: I wouldn't be here drinking and talking stupidly if you hadn't invited me. So 
I'm just responding to your call to arms, well, so to speak. Maybe I should be paying you then, because. Well, somebody's paying me. I'm getting checks, getting envelopes of cash in them every week. I thought that was from you. Yeah, that's the all the Patreon money at patreon.com slash happy hour. It's all coming to you. Ching. So no more, still no more Your Honor, from what I can tell. We're no, getting close. you missed it. It came out. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Number eight, which I will only say this since you haven't seen it, is that it is the courtroom scene. And the tale of the episode is how he ended up manipulating the calendar to get the court calendar to get the case. How between him and his gangster buddy. And then it goes into the court. And this is one thing I want you to look for. This is the first episode where we know for certain yes. that your, your honor, his honor, is a fucking sociopath. Yeah. <clears throat> I heard an interview with Brian Cranston on the Conan O'Brien podcast where they talked about how the similarities between the your honor character and the Breaking Bad character which at the heart of it was a moral decline to respond to environmental factors, which the question is, wouldn't anybody do that if thus faced with such a decision? And the answer probably is, I don't know. Yeah, that you eloquently put it. That but it, I've never seen Breaking Bad. Right, I know, but, but, you put it, but you put it so perfectly. that mark, yeah, mark the episode and mark the time, and I want to say it in the show notes. And I want the subtext to say, Eric says, quote, and then you set, you put in the right. show notes. Episode exactly 96. What you just said. Dennis that was, I, Dennis said something eloquent. Something. Perfectly eloquent was the phrase. Well, it wasn't just eloquent. You're already downgrading it into eloquent. Uh-uh. That's not what you said. Eloquently perfect. No, that's not what you said. Perfectly eloquent. Okay. That's I, what you I said. I will agree to that. And the, that they also talked about how the way that, Cranston got the Breaking Bad job was that he... So Breaking Bad was created and written by a guy called Vince Gilligan, who was the writer and, I guess, mostly the creator of the X-Files back in the day. Oh, and interesting. Interesting. And they, there was one episode where they... And I will put in the show notes... There's this great interview with... I will put in the show notes both the, the, the clip from the show and the interview later that YouTube was very happy to show me where Vince talks about uh, this particular episode where they... Like, he... There was one episode of The X-Files where the idea was there's this guy who, who needs to be driven west at a certain speed or his brain will explode because he's been implanted with some government blah, blah, blah. And, and Vince Gilligan clearly says, I copied from the movie Speed, where they had to keep a certain, uh, a certain velocity. On the bus. And, Sandra Bullock, yes. Keanu Reeves. Yes, and another, and some other pre-existing thing, but he, he says, I clearly copied from this, but I, I had this, um, this idea that this person, that, that Mulder, one of the main FBI agents, would, would have to be driving in this car, and I knew that, and he says, I knew that the episode was going to mostly be, they have some term for this, like a tour or something, like a, only two characters in the whole for 40 minutes of the whole of the episode. And, uh, and he said, I knew that I wanted s- the twist was that the guy that eventually was going to die because his brain, brain would explode. I, w- I wanted him to be not a nice person, just a total jerk. And to, so and, and, and to twist, like I wanted him to be a total jerk, but a jerk that had enough spark and charisma that you sort of liked him and that you were huh. sad at the end. But I, A likable jerk. A likable jerk. 
and th- and he said that they interviewed a whole bunch of people and they and finally this Brian Cranston guy came in who he had never heard of. Oh. This was way before this was way before Malcolm in the Middle where Cranston really got known as a face. And apparently he just totally killed it in, in the he said there's a phrase that they have OTW whenever someone comes and gives and gives a great interview or interview um, tryout tryout that's not the word god damn it god damn it whenever the, whenever the, the person comes in and acts out the scenes and stuff and, oh, they, and they really the like it what the reading yeah the script reading god damn it there's another word anyway anyone listening is <laughs> screaming it but uh whenever someone really nails it they say otw which means off to wardrobe like the, oh, put oh, this oh. person take this person right. Uh, and dress them up because they Great, this right. is the right person. Anyway, and I don't I watched the scene and it's it's pretty good. But anyway, so Vince has this memory of of using uh, of having Brian Gretzen in this scene, and then years and years later, fourteen years later, when he comes up with this idea for a chemistry teacher that needs to cook meth in a camper van to pay for you know chemo which is the basis of Breaking Bad. He's, he claims that he immediately thought of Brian Cranston and uh, hmm. and he called he called Brian and said, uh, or I don't know, Brian's agent said, hey, this, this guy Vince Gilligan wants to talk to you about this show. And Brian had no recollection of doing this. Like he had forgotten this X-Files thing because he did so many things. Apparently yeah. he's been working as a professional actor since he was like 25. But like, And here he is 50, what, 56? He's, he's, in, he's 60 now. At least, uh, but he was never famous. He was never really known until he was in his late forties or fifties. And watching and binging on Breaking Bad is one of the one of the things that that I know will happen. And I'm so looking forward to. I almost cherish the thought right. of knowing that I will binge on that in some appropriate time. I watch Your Honors because I'm I feel almost obligated as a tremendous a fan of Brian Cranston to watch how this unfolds. And I will tell you this that. The bad writing continues, and we'll dissect. I have a rant about that, of course, having been in courtrooms before, et cetera, et cetera, and understand well, a well, lot well, of a certain... But one thing that, that, that Crenson said in this interview was that he values the writing in Your Honor. Like, they talked about Your Honor, and he said that that the writing is good is so good that it's not that hard to be an amazing actor or whatever. Uh, but and, through what lens, though? Through, right. It'd be because here's the thing, Brian— you can't fucking talk about writing within a, a, a cocoon of writing your role or writing some of your soliloquies or whatever the fuck. Here's the thing. They've got you saying the great shit you're saying right. after you just think that you're going to stuff a man's wallet into a fucking little tiny burning a, a stove in your living room and somehow it's going to fucking deteriorate. That's What that does is it disrespects you. And disrespects your fucking what, whatever you think is good about the writing. It's I don't think that counts. They wrote the context of what you're about to say, and if that's bad, then what you say is fucking not. It doesn't matter so much. So it's the whole Brian. He's coming off a stint on Broadway, I think, and I think that maybe in plays there are shortcuts for a couple embraces and the lights go down that. They have made the sex. What? They made some sex? And what is that? And what do you think that is? Tell me a little bit more I about mean, what you... The lights went down. And then what? And, and the sexy sex happened. Uh, but the... So I think that there might be also shortcuts in theater where 
if you throw a thing into what looks like a fireplace, it can be discarded as that is gone now. And when you come back to television or cinema, no, you more real. I have to disagree. Let me interrupt this point because it's important. It's important that I do. Objection. I've been in plays. I've been in plays. I've been on the stage. I know how this works. Okay. When you have a lit fire stove or whatever on stage, you're giving code and stuff. What you generally do is you have an electric kind of uh, thing in there that looks like flame. Right. And when you open up the thing, it looks like flame enough where it's credible. Everyone knows it's not flame. Now, in a play, Suspension if you were to take a piece of paper about that was a map that you had just memorized, therefore not wanting it to fall into the hands of your protagonist. And so what you did is you balled it up into a roll and you kicked open with your right foot quickly the grate that entered into the very small iron stove that heats your living room. And when you open it up, there was enough apparent heat that when you quickly threw the piece of paper in there, kicked it shut, that the credible belief would be that you just burnt up that little piece of evidence. Point one. Yes. Point two. If you open that grate, and when you do open the grate, if it is burning hard, and you throw in a full wallet full of shit, there is no way in a play anyone would let that happen unless they wanted to indicate that the person who threw it in there to burn the evidence was fucking stupid. It wasn't a, a judge, an educator. It was stupid. It would never happen. Play or no. In a play, it would be caught. In this series, it goes undetected. Even to Brian Cranston, who I must say, if you're listening, I hope you will contact us, Brian. We want an interview. Are you kidding me? Do you not know the context that they you threw the and what is that because you're really a stupid character? No, you're a sociopath. That's becoming sociopaths aren't stupid. You're not stupid. You didn't get your fucking degree at Tulane or NYU, your beloved NYU. Oh, and by the way, go ahead, you decrepit fucking creep, that you open up your son's fucking mail as if it's okay to do that. Fucking dick. Spoiler. Spoiler. The, the postal spoiler has just ruined the whole series for me now. I, oh, it was ruined before. So okay, okay. So can you get it? Can you get Brian Cranston on an interview? Will you try? I will call my Cranston Knights and see if give I give it a shot. Yeah, I want to talk to him, and I'll tell you what: I would pull no punches. I would get right to the heart of the matter. <laughs> I would. And you know what? Here's the thing. Let me just shout out, Brian, if you're listening. If you hear this from anybody, a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever, we're yeah. calling you out. Brad Cran. Ricey. Rice Tony. Tony. Crans. Cranston. Tony. Vince Tony. Cray yeah. Cray. That's what you are. Brad taking this part. Brad. Call us. So, oh, no, you won't because you're embarrassed. Okay, never mind. I, I love the – you keep saying sociopath, but one of the, one of the things I love about this genre – certainly in Breaking Bad and in many other movies and seemingly in Your Honor, is the... I love the blurring of the line of uh-huh. what is reasonable uh-huh. to save your child. Because uh, as as Rykray said in this interview about the first episode, the, the first episode ends with him with the full knowledge that this mobster will kill his son. Yes. Period. So, so the question is, what length would you go to uh-huh, to prevent uh-huh, that uh-huh. for your child? And, and, what, you, and what, you, what you've just described right. is by far 
the best episode of the entire series. It has done nothing but go downhill from the first episode. I agree. I agree. We've stair get, steps going downhill the basement and not in the fun way on a bicycle. Yes. Uh, yes. They, bump, bump, bump down the stairs so, in the basement. So, like, the premise is golden, but the execution is what we have a, an issue with. It, here's the thing that I always wonder about. So, you have these writers that are getting paid millions, I suppose, certainly hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. More and, than this podcast makes. Well, patreon.com slash Not much more. Not much more. It's pretty close. We could use some more. Don't let them know how much we really make. Okay. Okay, well, I didn't really hear you there, but I think everyone should go and donate. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. No, wait, it's, not, it's not time to sign off yet. Hey, so here's a question. Hey, hey, so I want you to think about this for, I'll, I'll do a little bum, 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 while you think about this. All right. I want you to give your best thinking to what the look will be, what the building will look like for the Trump library i'll give you i'll give you about 30 seconds it will be shiny as fuck and taller than any other presidential library number one wait that wasn't my first answer how many answers are that's, I giving? that's your whole answer you keep going what else what other characteristics there inside there won't be very many books but there will be huge screens showing very vibrant colors and f- slideshows of our dear leader during his time and maybe like a timeline of like best tweets ever that are also being displayed flashing like a ticker tape yes (laughs) these are the best tweets ever and and that's that's about it there were 30,000 30,000 and you'll have to pay to get in of course okay so this is what I think it's going to be the first presidential library ever that's going to be seven stories, but each story is going to be relatively small, almost like a very, almost like a skinny building, except that the reason why is that the building is actually shaped in the image. It is a building statue sculpture of Donald J. Trump. When you walk into the building, you will, in fact, be walking through his garage. How many statues are, smell... are there of him right now? I wonder. How many statues are there of him? We already statues. we are covered. Statues of Trump. We already covered. That's we already covered that Melania has had. I think they've taken it down now. Her horrible abomination of a of a, you know a wooden. Took it down? You remember? They set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the, the natives in fucking Slovenia. Slovakia. Where? Slovenia is where she's Slovenia. from. Burn it. That's so and good. I think after they burn it the first time, they put it up again, and then they burn it again. I think I'm right about this. And they took it down. But oh. th- there must be a there must be a finite integer of how many Trump statues there are in the world. And I have we not... could do a whole series on it. It'd I mean, up, like... up from the inflatable baby balloons, I don't know that I've seen a single one. A statue? A photo of a? Oh no, there, there was one where his where he was naked. That was a artists oh my god we we talked that we talked about that there was there was some there was a mushroom visible but anyway yeah so we were talking about he went off to trump's library so trump's library i don't know hey here's a question as he's gonna have an airport taxes you pay u.s taxes do i pay u.s taxes yeah i do 
So you and I then are paying for Trump to be able to travel anywhere in the world for up up to one million dollars worth of airfare a year. Now here's a quick calculation for you in your spare time, as you twiddle your thumbs. I have nothing to do. As you're as I do, editing yes. this, I want you to go ahead, do a little math, and I want you to figure out based on average flight, destination, hotel costs, what we're paying a million dollars a year for. I suggest it's 25 or 30 trips anywhere in the world for a week in the most extravagant and best hotels in each of those locations. 25 trips a year. You're paying for that. I'm paying for that. How can we not be outraged by this? I had not heard about this. Is this a thing that all presidents have? Or? Yes. yes. Not all, because it gets adjusted for inflation. Every appropriation has to be reappropriated as time goes on. But yes, it's, it's, it's a longstanding expenditure for the United States taxpayers to support a travel budget for the outgoing president. And in recent years, in, in, including is it, not limited to Trump, it's a million a year. Is it in perpetuity for every yes. year? Yes. So once, it, once you've been president, you no longer have to pay for airfare if you don't want to. Never again. Right. And in fact, if you're also rich, as Obama is, as Clinton is, they all are because they you know, learned how to make it rich. Obama's by writing two of the best-selling books of all time. That's all they needed. But paint. when you have a million dollars and you're already worth a billion dollars, yeah. you don't fly somewhere. You have a jet. You rent a jet. Right. And why wouldn't you? Because if you don't, you can't very easily get there because you'll be swamped and it's dangerous and there's secret service. And that's just not how former presidents travel. They travel by private jet. Okay. So a million doesn't go that far. But the point is, you know how much Trump has right now? He has raised between 250, 390 million through his PAC, and he's raised another 62, 65 million. He's in the tune of about 350, 400 million dollars right now. And all he's contemplating, his handlers are contemplating, is saying, we're going to go ahead and fuck around with primary races in the Republican Party where we can help these motherfucking QAnon cocksuckers get fucking elected. And if you don't watch yourself, if you don't pay fucking fealty to us, to me, in the statues coming to play, how many are there? He could require a statue in every office he visits. He could say, I mean, I'll I do. pay for it. How many do you have? I see two right in the view of the screen here. These are my smaller ones. I have a bigger one in the living room. Imagine a building that size. Right. Isn't there a building of uh, Ho Chi Minh? Isn't there a statue of Ho Chi Minh that's like 250, 300 feet tall? I'm not sure. Check that out, man. Check but it out. I certainly have bus stuff of myself around the house because... <laughs> My busts of yourself? My children need to know who they're... Or busts of your busts. I think the for, I think the latter. It's... We, I think the latter. We say, we're going to the living room or bust. And... Ah, they get to choose. And they get to choose. Say, oh, God damn, please, the living room. Oh, not, a, not another bust. Your busts are so bad. No, we don't want to talk about why you don't wear a bra. And you should. <laughs> it's not about my chest. It's about my... my f- my shoulders and above physique. So that's just obvious. Oh, what wow. I'm talking. I've been watching a TV show lately. I think it's on Netflix, but maybe it's on TNT in America. It's based on a comic book that was made into a novel that was made into Trumbo. a that was made into a movie before. It's called Trumbo. Snow. It's called Snowpiercer. Oh, it's the general concept, and like I already knew when I heard that title, like somehow I had absorbed what that meant. The idea is that it's some poke. 
post-apocalyptic uh, scenario of Earth where the temperature has gotten so cold that for some reason, everyone, ha- everyone that survives has to be on this train that is, that is driving through the snowy landscape and some sort of concept like that you can't stop the train, like the train oh, has to keep oh. moving. And because if you stop it, it blows up. Everyone's dead. I, I don't know exactly what the reason why it can't stop is. And that's not really explained, but there's this moment at the beginning where look, the world is coming to an end and some people are able to get onto the train and some people aren't. And of course the super rich are all on, on the train already. And, but then there's like this, this group of, not so rich people that end up like in the back of the train and it's this sort of class hierarchy concept of you know those those people back in the back of the train are causing problems and also there's other i don't know it's this this conceit to talk about class hierarchy and i'm a couple episodes in and it's pretty darn good the the primary huh. character was one of the stars of hamilton the musical and he is so good. Oh, really? And, and this is on uh, Netflix. It, I, th- I think so. it's on. I think it's on. I think it's on Netflix, or I think it was maybe broadcast on TNT. So if there's a way to stream any previous TNT content, you might yeah. be able to get that. But and uh, it, it reminds me, and I'm asking you if you've seen. There's a Jake Gyllenhaal movie where he stars as a member of the armed forces with special skills, who's put into a machine that allows him to take over the body and the, the, the physical being of a person in time. So it's along the it's along the kind of lines of, you know, time travel, et cetera. And he's on a train that blows up. Yes. And he has eight minutes. And it's like Groundhog Day, which we should have at least a parting reference to that icon, since it is, in fact, the Groundhog Day episode. It, it is. Our, our second one of, of our short-lived career. As, as, what, you, what are you drinking there, bro? Little little shots of something. What is that? Little, 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 wiki? Little, little, little wiki. So continue. Yes, I immediately knew what you were talking about. This is a movie from 2011 called Source Code. Yes. And Source Code, of course, is dear to my heart because that's technically what I do all day is write Source Code. But it would, therefore, I know enough to say that this movie has nothing to do with the those words. But yes, and I remember this movie because... I enjoyed the soundtrack so much that I went and acquired the soundtrack to huh. listen to while I write source code. Uh, I don't remember that. It's just this exciting building. It's not. A, it's not exactly techno, exactly, but it's it's this. It's an exciting soundtrack, and sometimes it's when I work, it's good to have music that is like motivating, but also doesn't really have lyrics that draw my, that draw the, the language center of my brain away from whatever I'm working on. So it's nice to just be like, you know, that sort of thing. But you just did Mission Impossible. I did. Yeah. So that's, that is basically what my job is. I, I suspended from the ceiling and, it's... Those were Martin Landau was the the guy behind the like behind the envelopes who was the smart dude who gave them their uh, orders and it ended up slipping them the envelope. It was interesting that very accomplished actor Martin Landau over over the years. And I recall, remind me, I recall Rosemary's Baby. What did he do in Rosemary's Baby? 
Martin Landau. Anything, or am I imagining this? I am looking. There are no Martins in the cast of Rosemary's Baby. Huh. There's no telling where that came from. Where we're going, yes. So, anyway, I recommend Snowpiercer, if anyone's listening, and and to you, Dennis, if you're listening. I I see it's gone down in this hour. We have, in fact, reached a momentous occasion where we've been up and down in our listenership. But there is evidence in our rather... In our listenership. ...strange uh, data that drops down for us that it appears that there may have been as many as 44 clicks. Now... Shit, clicks. Click in, click off. Click in, click off. Click in, click off. Yeah. Click in, click off. Who knows? Or click in. I saw a map of our listeners. Like one of the one of the data sources that we have somewhere showed that we had quite a few listeners in Los Angeles, California. Huh. So I'm just saying, maybe Brian Cranston talking to you. Is that where he is? In I mean, L.A.? Where would he be? Where, where would he be? This is what's happened. And you don't know this, but I'm going to explain this to you. Last week, this is why this happened. Right, Craig. Everybody who, everybody who listens knows that I live in Michigan and that not too far away from here is Detroit, the home of the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions just traded quarterbacks with the Los Angeles Rams. As everyone knows. And the fellow by the name of Goff is coming to Detroit. And a fellow by the name of Stafford is going to the L.A. Rams. This is why they're looking for insight into the trade, which I can give them, and you can't. So, are you ready? For the insight into the trade? Yes. From the Lions to the Rams? Yes. And why it has resulted in uh, increased listenership from L.A. I, I just told you why. They're looking for insight into the trade. Okay. We can't disappoint them. Okay, please, Dennis. I, w- I want nothing more than insight into the trade of Goff, Goff Ramboy well, to Lion Man. Stafford. Stafford. It's, in- it's it- actually, let me begin by saying, it's interesting that you ask. And I wasn't at all. And I want to say, that's a really good question. I thought so. That's a really good question. Insightful. It all has to do with the picks, first and second First round picks two knew years it. from now, two and three years around. Third round pick this year, which means that the deal will have to be revolved around, obviously, getting first picks in the next two years, which means that until it's 2023 20, and 24, the impact they hope for won't come about. That's when the picks are. Just like this podcast. And that helps explain this. Let me listen to this. I'm listening. When they got rid, when they got, when they traded Matthew Stafford, I think I have the numbers. They avoided a forty-three million dollar commitment to Stafford, which now LA has picked up forty-three million over so many years. I think it's maybe five years. Yeah. In exchange, they took Goff, who has a liability of fifty-three million a year. <gasps> That's more. Fifty-three million a year. Here's the question, and here's the analysis. What was it that made $11 million liability worth it? The answer is, as I stated, first picks two years from now, third pick this year. With Goff, who's a proven quarterback, who's gone to the Super Bowl, gone to the playoffs, got some skill, young, 10 years, eight years younger than Stafford, goes to the Lions, gives them a season, gives them some possibility, 
new coach, new GM, while at the same time predicts that in two years they will have first-round picks to replace Goff with a fucking new generation Mahomes-type quarterback and therefore be ready. And in the meantime, L.A. says, we've been to the Super Bowl. We haven't won it. We still have that team. We need a better quarterback than Goff. That's why we hire Matthew Stafford, who's a motherfucking gunner. End of analysis. Have a good day. Hey, man. I found nothing about that that I could possibly contest, which means it must be true. I want the date, the timestamp, when you've said that. I want that to be in the shadows. Is that a deal? Episode 96, towards the end. Hey, I saw Between the Ferns. We've talked about this, right? Zach Galifianakis. I mean, we've talked about the movie, and we've talked about several of the YouTube episodes. You sent me the so, one about with Hillary Clinton. Oh, right. Which, wasn't it her best ever? She was so good. She was maybe better than even Obama. Uh, I thought she was better than Obama. She was more natural than Obama. Because you have to go there and be the adult in the room when the child is being a child much like the role i bring to this podcast to this podcast where so the one that i just saw i wanted to know if you remember it is when zach has his brother run the show whose name i think is seth or something like that galifianakis and he is southern and he has a southern accent and just a bit effeminate and he never stops talking and he is there with not only sean penn which is the one of the best but also brad pitt which is one of the best. And it's amazing what Galifianakis does by switching out himself with his, his twin brother because he gives it a complete different look and pizzazz. I laugh so hard when I see these, and they're all brief. Yes. So have you seen when, when, his, when his twin brother's there? You say so-called. I assume it's like a trick. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Zach playing his brother. Yeah, he doesn't uh, really have a twin brother. Yeah, I have not seen one of those, actually. Oh, check it out. I'm aware that, that Zach is a North Carolina native. And oh, from every, we mentioned this, you've mentioned this before. From, from where? Wilkesboro. Wilkesboro. Outside of... And he, he went to NC State. No, outside of Greensboro. Wilkesboro is... Outside of Greensboro, I think. Yeah, more or less. It's, Yeah. Listeners can use fucking Google Maps and look that up. Yeah, fucking lazy fuckers. Yeah, Make them do yeah we're not going to... Yeah, yeah do whatever. That. So, yeah, that he's a good interviewer between two friends. Hey. Hey. Hey, what's so up? So, what the fuck did you send me about this, speaking of time travelers, the oh, lyrics? yes. Tell me about this, because I, I didn't quite get it all. Okay, so I was... This this appeared, as I just mentioned, on the show Snowpiercer. There was this, one of the episodes included this jazzy version. Like, you can imagine in these future apocalyptic times where people gather around and listen to sort of jazzy covers to existing pop songs. And there's this song by... Blues Traveler. No. There's this song from 1975 by a band called Murrayhead, and the lyrics go, "Say it ain't so, Joe." That's the name of the of the song. Uh, say it ain't Joe. Say it ain't so. 
they told us that our hero has played his trump card. He doesn't know how to go on. We're clinging to his charm and determined smile, but the good old days are gone. Like, fuck, if that wasn't the last four years or, or uh, all of Trump's messaging. And, and Trump, the word Trump is capitalized. No, I, I did like that. I did that. Oh, what? You can't do that. You didn't listen to the... To the you can't do that. I yes, did that. I did. What? What, he he didn't shout listen? the word Trump. I, I capitalized the word Trump because it, it, made it, it made the whole thing better. But he says, the image that the empire may be falling apart, the money has gotten scarce. One man's word held the country together, but the truth is getting fierce. Jesus. Say it so, Joe. We pinned our hopes on you, Joe, and they're ruining our show. And then it goes on. But this will be in the show notes, the, the link to the YouTube. It's not really a video. It's the lyrics for this. But it's so, like, What? Right. It on. feels it feel that's what someone from 1975 would say. Right on, man. Right. Right. That's me. Right? Oh, oh yeah, you were you were there. <laughs> right I was there. Right on, man. That's right on. That's that's so 25 that's so 46 years into the future, man. Ooh, another one. Whoop. Just like the other one. What year was that? I don't know. Oh, man. Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so, Dennis. Say, say, say it ain't so, Joe. Oh, say it's a lie. The man's played his trump card. It all was a lie. Say it ain't so, Joe. Don't let me down. He played his trump card, and we've hit the ground. He spent all his money. He's got some left. And if we're not careful, we'll get what we get. Oh, say it ain't so, Joe. Oh, don't. Let us down. Oh, say it ain't so, Joe. We don't want this fucking clown. Hmm. Amen. See y'all next week, bro. That's it for episode number 96. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 096. You can help support our lovely program at patreon.com slash happyhour. We would love that. And if you'd like to contact us, you can find our contact information at happyhour.fm. And everybody just uh, be good to each other. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>